right, everybody. Welcome to episode 18, season two of the CCHA show. And uh, uh, we have a, a bit of a light week coming up here. Plenty of games last weekend to talk about. I have Jack Hittinger here from USCHO. And uh, Jack, thanks for coming on again. I know you're a, a frequent guest, but we we love to hear what you have to say about uh, the teams in the league. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I think it's been before the new the new year. So. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, great. A lot happened since then, I feel like. So <laughs> a lot has happened. Uh and we're gonna we're gonna jump right in uh to what happened last weekend. We had a full slate of games, uh, including a team you cover closely, the Bemidji State Beavers. They went up to Michigan Tech. They did salvage a couple of points, thanks in large part to Matias Scholl, who uh was kind of uh out of his mind as he has done in the past. He made 74 saves. He was the goalie of the week. He helped them uh to a shootout win on Saturday 2-2 after a two-to-one loss to tech on uh on Friday, uh, Bemidji State scoring all their goals first, and then Tech coming back in both of those games to salvage, I guess, uh, a four-point weekend. But what, what was your t- total takeaway from that one? Just uh, another sh- short-handed weekend for the Beavers uh, and doing all they could, I guess. Yeah, that one, I mean, sort of been an inverse of sort of how they've played recently. Just usually it's – usually they're the ones that are coming back. Uh, I mean, last time they played Michigan Tech, there was that famous comeback. Uh, Famously, Yes. Had a couple of those other, a couple of other of those recently. I know against Bankato and uh, maybe against one or two other teams, but this time it was sort of she was on the other foot. Uh, kind of maybe a little bit surprising that they were able to score first both both games just because of um, recent history. But uh, I mean, Eric Martin had that goal. I think he was kind of all over the place on the weekend. He had a really good weekend uh, offensively for them. But I, like you said, I think Matias Scholl sort of uh, was the number one star for uh, the Beavers and probably in both games just in general, uh, especially especially on uh, Saturday night because I don't remember what the shots were. Something like 45. Was it 45 he had 46 like saves. Yeah. I think he had 46 saves or 48 <laughs> saves. I'll find out. But yeah, um, I know some people also, some of our friends were asking if the shot count was high, uh, I don't think it was. I think he was made those legitimate 46 saves. Uh, Tech really poured it on him um, there, and he did such a good job. Uh, yeah, I 46. Guess the only uh, downside is, you know, Beavers are up 2 nothing, uh in the first period. Sort of, I don't, I don't want to say lucky, but, you know, uh, you don't necessarily expect. They were getting out shots, um, and and everything i think they sort of took advantage of the power play early yeah. um so they had that two nothing lead and they were able to hold on to it for most of the game until the third period and then uh you kind of felt for shoal because once uh tyrone bronte sort of put that put tech within two to one they just sort of sent everything they had at shoal and he almost he almost did it um five seconds left they had the extra attacker power play uh it was a nice goal um and it, that's just sort of a <laughs> tough break yeah. for Shoal that Beavers were able to win the shootout and sort of salvage at least at least a couple points from that, which is good. But um, on the whole, I think Michigan Tech. I mean, they've obviously been playing a lot better since since uh, I mean GLI sort of really kickstarted how they're playing, and obviously they're uh, they're still in fifth place, but just the points percentage and all that stuff goes, they're still I think yeah. on track to control their own destiny which uh is what we expected at the beginning of the year but maybe not or before it's even started maybe how they started at the beginning of the year uh 
had some doubters, but I think they're sort of back to where people thought they would be. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, 19 saves in the first period, 18 in the second for Scholl. Uh, Leighton Rule did score, score a nice power play goal in there, the second goal for the for the Beavers. Um, they got Eric Polkamp back this weekend, which I'm sure is much needed for them uh, with the injuries they have on the back line there. But uh, yeah, kind of a kind of a you know make it to this next weekend, and then we'll talk about it later. But the Beavers aren't playing, so I guess we won't talk too much about it. But they're off this next weekend, uh, yeah. so a chance to get even healthier, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that is one thing I also, I was looking at their schedule. I mean, they're off this weekend. They play Augustana the weekend after, so they don't play for league points for two weeks, which, I mean, that's a good chance for them to get healthy for the stretch run in the league, because I know they have they still have to play Mankato. They got to go to St. Thomas. I think they have one other pretty tough series, too. Um, I mean, they're all tough, but I, I know those are those are the two big ones, I think, at the end of the season, St. Thomas mm. and Mankato. Um so they're not playing for league points. They're sort of left out and will be on the outside looking in. But on the plus side, those Augustana games with where they are in the pairwise, it doesn't really matter. So maybe maybe a Kyle Loft won't come back super early in those games if I'm sure he will want to play, but maybe if he's iffy, they won't play him and making sure he's hundred percent healthy for stretch run. Right. Uh, it's probably a good thing. Yeah, and you look at the if you look at the standing, St. Thomas and Bemidji state have played 16 games uh lake state and ferris have played 17 due to that split series they have a single game at the last regular season weekend so those are the teams that are kind of off and being caught up to i guess a little bit although lake state is in action this weekend so they'll take a pretty substantial uh games played lead i guess uh they have a big series coming up which we'll talk to uh, talk about a little bit uh at home um the uh lakers were in action last week against uh well, the series you're talking about ferris state and lake state played a home and home Bulldogs coming up with a big five-point sweep there. They won 3-2 on Friday. Uh, excuse me. They won 5-3 at home, the Ferris State did, at uh, over the Lakers. And then they went to Sault Ste. Marie and won 3-2 in overtime. Travis Shouty, the hero there, scored the overtime winner for the Bulldogs, who are still uh, technically they're in, the, they're in last place by two points behind Bowling Green and Northern. Uh, those two have a few games in hand with the Bulldogs, so... Not really out of the woods yet, but you know, if, as far as last place teams go, they have to be a little bit happy with how they've been playing more recently, and you know, getting those two wins in a row has got to be huge for their for their confidence. And we'll, we'll hear from Ant- Antonio Benuto at the midway point of this uh, this pod. Yeah, um, I know. I talked to I think I talked to Bob Daniels a couple of weeks ago after they split with Bemidji. Um, they were about to go to Mankato, and I know that Mankato series uh, they lost both games. Probably they played a didn't play badly in those games, but uh, probably not the results that they wanted. So to come back and sweep Blake State, uh, sort of keep some of their hopes alive. I mean, I think somebody was breaking down the numbers earlier. They they technically still could win the league. Uh, they're not out of it yet. Uh, obviously, I don't think that'll happen. But um, they're still uh, mathematically playing. alive. Yeah, yeah, mathematically alive. And you know, they're only six points out or maybe not six i don't know the exact math they're not too far from home ice so they, they could legitimately still catch home ice especially after sweeping lake state so um i know they've been playing uh a lot better recently i think so um january was a lot better month for them as for lake state i know they've got what would you say they have couple more games in hand than everybody else just due to the the weird schedule so yeah st thomas and bemidji 
State both have 16 games played, and you have the Ma- the teams that are you know chasing the Mavericks, Tech 14, Northern 14, Bowling Green 14. So yeah, uh, I guess the majority or half the league has 14 games played, whereas the teams that are kind of out to a bit of a lead, it doesn't look like it's quite a sizable lead uh, if you factor in those those games. Of course, you have to win. You have to get some points from those games if the team's chasing. Uh, you can't uh, squander them, but it's a lot closer even than it looks right now uh, with those uh, with those game with those teams. Yeah, so you know, I mean, like State, it's sort of a, a little bit of a slope up. I think they probably would have wanted to get some more padding there, um, just to make sure that uh, they have a little bit more of a cushion. But now they're uh, a little bit further behind. I think they're probably glad that they got to overtime in that one game just to give them an extra point because you know. Every point is crucial when you're uh, in this league, especially. So, um, I don't know. This, this, I, I thought all the series this weekend were really good series. Uh, nobody really got blown out, and they're all. I think all the games are pretty competitive. So that's always a fun thing to see when um, you're looking around the league and looking at the scores, and you just see that. Uh, <laughs> everybody's beating up sort of beating up on each other i guess but they're all good games so that's important and another one of those series that was like that uh northern and st thomas the wildcats won uh three to two on friday tommy's coming back with a three to one win on saturday for the split uh you can can kind of sense that in a couple of the next couple of series we're going to talk about here uh but uh you know a team picking up a big home win on friday that was the case almost across the board uh, aside from Augustana doing a great job, which we'll get to them in, in non-conference play. But uh, yeah, the Northern, a much, much needed win for them uh, after being swept, I think, the weekend before, uh, coming back to get those uh, those points against the first place team in St. Thomas there to get that win. Uh, you know, both very competitive games, as you mentioned. You could, we could see some of the temper start to flare up, more so in the our next series. But uh, yeah, I think people are realizing it's it's January, almost February, and <laughs> and uh, I think this, the competitive juices are flowing a little bit more. Yeah, weren't there, there were a couple of weird plays in uh, that St. Thomas, Northern Michigan? Wasn't there like a weird review? Goal interference, yeah. Interference. Um, I didn't watch all of them. I watched the highlights for the weekends, but I didn't, I didn't uh, don't remember exactly the order of events for all of them. But yeah, uh, yeah it seemed like, I guess that was sort of another theme on the weekend. A lot of them. I think you might have said this uh, offline, just uh, a lot of shenanigans were, were going on at the end of a lot of these games, which uh, which obviously, again, makes it more exciting, but also uh, <laughs> can make tempers flare a little bit more than normal. As long as you're being, yeah, as long as you're being safe, yeah, it's it's uh, the showing your emotions okay, right? And I think the, the biggest thing was all these games were officiated so well, at least from, you know, from the league standpoint and from just from, I think from the naked eye, I think that when there was a, a play that was reviewed or when, you know, little skirmishes broke out, they were separated, you know, relatively quickly and, uh, and handled well, I think as far as the teams involved were concerned. So there's wasn't any, you know, lasting, you know, issues from these contests, which is, which is key, right? You, you don't mind guys getting a little bit fired up, but then you're, you know, lighter, uh, you need cooler heads to prevail there. So uh, any other takeaways from it's Thomas, St. Thomas and, and, and Northern there, Jack? Um, just that St. Thomas, obviously we've seen their results recently with sweeping tech, um, especially just when you looked at sort of over the holidays, they had that series in Vermont and it was sort of a, I mean, obviously it's not non-conference series. They're not in, I mean, 
not eligible for the tournament, you still would like to see them pick up some wins and gain some confidence. Um, so for them to come back, beat Duluth in that exhibition game, sweep Michigan Tech, uh, take two or take uh, one of two from Northern, um, you just get the sense that they're really coming together at the right time. Um, and I don't know if they necessarily control their destiny because they have those games in hand, but uh, I mean, after this weekend, they're off this weekend, they play Mankato, which I think um, that'll be a pretty big series for to determine who is going to win the win the league. I mean, just thinking about um, the stretch that they have to go on and close out the year. Uh, Mankato, Augustana, BG, Bemidji, and Michigan Tech um, might be might be the toughest league schedule remaining. So uh, since I figure we're not going to talk about them in the next segment because they're off. Uh, this weekend. They're, they're playing well at the right time, I, it, it seems like. So that's an ideal time to be – obviously, this is the right time to be playing your best. And I know they're a little banged up too, so having the off weekend I think will help them a lot. Yep, they were scheduled to play the U.S. Uh, you know, national development team that's uh, out in Michigan. That got canceled uh, probably smartly. I think they're – yeah, they were yeah. – Having to having to call a kid in early to, to help them out on the blue line and uh, and all those things considered, you gotta you know take that and just kind of you know if, if you're full strength maybe and you, you feel like you need to give some kids some opportunity, then you go play them. But if if everybody's playing who's healthy, then there's no real reason <laughs> to try and uh, squeeze that one in. Uh, our last uh, league series of the weekend was Minnesota State and Bowling Green Mavericks. Uh, you know Bowling Green with a big. Home win. I think they snapped a 13-game losing streak to the Mavs um, with a 4-3 victory there. Uh, Cole Moore was great on Friday. Uh, we saw the Mavericks answer 4-1 on Saturday. Uh, you know, Minnesota State using their goalie tandem a lot like uh, we see St. Thomas doing successfully. Both of those teams still projected to finish in the top, uh, you know, to battle for this McNaughton Cup uh, what do you think of the Mavs and also Bowling Green getting a getting a big win there, but also the the split kind of fair to how that series went? You know, I didn't realize that it had been that long since Bowling Green had beaten uh, the Mavericks. Um, so that's sort of a <laughs> a significant win to me that they finally sort of got that monkey off their back. Um, you know, uh, obviously we talked about Cole Moore. I thought he played really well, like you said. Um, uh, sorry, I was looking at the I'm looking at the stats again. You're fine, so, yeah. <laughs> I thought. Um, sorry, very good. I had to reacquaint myself with these box scores because I looked at them later this weekend. Yeah, uh, BG's scoring is pretty pretty spread out. I think that's yeah. kind of what you're looking for, uh, especially in that that uh, first game. But I think. For Mankato, obviously, Sam Morton is still just on a roll. Uh, I think he's scored in, well, aside from that fair state game, he scored in one, two, three, four, like six of the last seven games scored a goal. Yeah. He's just, he's just a goal machine for them right now. Uh, I know he leads the league. Uh, I think he's number three or four nationally. Uh, he's a really good player. And I think most people sort of, forgot about him because of all the talent they had last year and everybody uh leaving um 
I know people talked a little bit about him at the beginning of the year, but I think he's proving just how uh, important of a player he is and how good he is. He sort of flew under the radar last year after getting injured and uh, the changes with that program. So that's nice to see that he is turning into the player that's uh, probably some other people thought that he was going to be and just he wasn't necessarily talked about in the media as much. Yeah, he was over a point per game in the six games. I think he had 10 and six last year, and he's continuing on. Not quite the same clip, but 25 and 24. He is second in NCAA hockey, uh, Division One in, uh, in goal scored behind Jack Devine. Devine is 21 for Denver. Then you have Wentz, Snuggerud, and Morton, all with 18. Uh, so that's good company to be in anytime you're mentioned next to Jimmy Snuggerud, who has to be one of the, you know, one of the favorites for um for Hobie Baker. I mean, there's there's plenty of can plenty of contenders uh for that award already in the year, but Morton kind of putting himself in that in that group, you have to think, with the, how he's been playing. And uh yeah, he's been great. And you know, none of these teams are able to pull away due to the splits, right? That that occurred this weekend. Yeah. And that's something we'll we'll keep an eye on as uh season goes along. It, you know, things only got tighter on Friday. Um, and then Saturday, you know, teams answering back because what what you expect from from good teams that that lose on Friday that maybe they were unhappy about that. So that's what we saw there. Our final series we'll talk about was Augustana, the newest member to the CCHA. Of course, not uh, full members until twenty five twenty six, but they had another. Feels like when they fly west, uh, good things happen for them, right? They went to Colorado and had a really good weekend there against CC and Denver. They go down to face, uh, well, then number 16, Arizona State. They win 5-4. They get a late goal, final 30 seconds uh, uh, to win that uh, uh, Owen Bond getting the goal to win 5-4 on Friday. Uh, and then they were really in the Saturday game to the very end, losing 3-2 to Arizona State. But, I mean, the way that the pairwise works and the fact that Arizona State's to also uh, uh, independent means uh, th- that loss on Friday really could have doomed Arizona State's uh, chances to make an NCAA tournament, which is too bad for a team that doesn't give you, you know, a month and a half of anything to play for, right, uh, Jack? But it's tough to see, yeah. but also you, you love to see Augustana go in there and, and pull that off. Yeah, I mean, it is unfortunate for Arizona State's. Um, I know they've been pretty high in pairwise most of the year, so it looks like they're probably – I don't re- I haven't done the math. I know they play uh, – Alaska a couple times, uh, Lindenwood, Long Island, a bunch of the other independents. So I don't know how much of a chance they really have to pull themselves up. But if that was caused, if Augustana was the one that caused that, uh, I don't know if that's necessarily something that the players think about. But just uh, go down there sort of playing spoiler against a really good team, I think is something that uh, players like to do uh, themselves. So, but yeah, I thought... Augustana, you just every time they played one of these big time teams, except except maybe those first two games at Wisconsin, which you know, kind of figure those are first two games. But I mean, they've been in every game really that they played in, uh, no matter who the competition is. Uh, I mean, Notre Dame they got swept, but even that five one game I don't think was necessarily a five one game. Uh, so they've been really impressive the way that they've just been able to hang with these big time teams, Notre Dame, Arizona States, CC, Denver, Omaha. Uh, I mean, even Wisconsin, I thought they played pretty well. It could have been <laughs> even more embarrassing scoreline, just knowing oh, yeah. how I mean, tend to do. Um, we know now about Wisconsin, right? It's yeah. uh, 
little, little more impressive with the, how, how the season's gone uh, for them. Zach Rose did have 34 saves in the uh, win on Friday, and they've seemed to you know not mind going to any of their you know three goalies deep even sometimes. So it's good to see a team figure out what they have in some of their players. You know, with with postseason hopes, you know they're they don't exist really. I mean, early on in the year when we after that Colorado trip, you'd think, wow, Arizona, you know, uh, Augustana could really maybe put something together here and and uh, and make a run at it. It's fun to ha- have those dreams, right? When we still have yeah. a possibility, you know, not really an opportunity more to do that. But like you said, you know, having you know having strong showings against all these teams can only help build uh, what they're trying to do in Sioux Falls. And speaking of them, we'll uh, I'll get to that in our second half uh, of the show. But before we do, we'll take a break and hear from Antonio Venuto, senior uh, from Ferris State. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goal. He scores. Gail McCarr. Gail McCarr. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious, man. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. All right, joining me on the CCHA show is uh, Ferris State senior forward, Antonio Venuto. And uh, Antonio, thanks for coming on and talking some, talk some Bulldogs hockey today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, Ferris, you guys coming off a, a big uh, a big sweep of your Michigan rivals uh, last weekend in Lake State. Uh, you know, it's it's been an up and down year for you. Do you feel like you, you know some of the things that you've been working on have you know kind of come to fruition last weekend? Uh, what, what was your biggest takeaway? You think? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's been kind of a hard year to start for us, but uh, I think you know going forward here, that was a that was a big weekend for us. Obviously, uh, winning at home on Friday night and then going on the road the next day and finally picking up that first sweep for us this year. Um, you know, I think we're right there. I know we talk about it a lot in the locker room and with all the guys and the coaching staff, but, uh, you know, we're right there and we know the team that we can be. Uh, you know, just looking at back at your junior career, uh, you know, you had some success uh, in the NHL, also played for Dubuque, who I've, I've known some of the coaches that have come through there, uh, you know, some former RPI guys that have played and coached there. Uh, what what did your kind of junior experience kind of prepare you for the, the best, you think, for for the college game? Uh, yeah, honestly, uh, playing in the USHL, I feel like a lot of guys from the USHL go to play Division One. So I feel like the speed and that uh, the skill in the game kind of translates pretty pretty well from the USHL level. So I think that kind of prepared me a lot for college. That's awesome, and you know, it seems like your your production is is you know picked up in each you know each year. You you scored twelve goals already this year. Does that come from confidence? Does it come from you know? you know, working well with your line mates, like what's the biggest factor in how you've been able to produce this year, you think? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely my line mates. My line mates are great this year. Obviously they're um, finding find a way to find, or give me the puck and I'm just putting it in. Um, but definitely a lot of it has to deal with confidence. I think confidence is everything. And when you start and seeing the puck go on the net like that, you know, you just keep shooting and go from there. Are you more proud of a a shot you take from maybe the circle or from a, a redirection or a scrappy goal you get down low? Yeah, I mean, out of the 12 I've scored, most of them have been pretty much within the paint. So <laughs> I'm that five-foot area than that. So, I mean, I can't complain. It's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of hard work in there. How much how much bruising? Because I mean, maybe folks don't realize, like, the kind of, you know, physical play that's – it's not really – it's not a penalty, right? Everyone's just kind of battling for their position in the ice. 
you know, how, how much of that goes on in a, in a given night, you think? Yeah, I mean, it's a ton. I mean, every time you step foot, you know, anywhere close to that net, you're going to take a couple of cross checks to the back, to the hips, ribs, all that type of stuff. But I mean, it's a dirty area. And that's kind of like how I like to play my game is go inside of there and find a way to score those goals. Do you feel like you, you know, from a weight room standpoint, have built yourself to to the point where you can kind of withstand those hits? Does, does that does that benefit you does, for, for young players maybe that aren't that uh, want to play college hockey? Is that how, how important is that aspect of of your development? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, off the ice is huge. Like, being big and strong in the weight room definitely helps out when you're battling in front of the net like that. Um, there's a lot of big defensemen in this league, so you got to be able to, you know, stand your ground in front of that net when you're trying to score goals like that. You're a, you're a Michigan guy. Uh, how excited are you for this Lions run so far? Yeah, I mean, we've all been watching it uh, every Sunday. We Unfortunately, we had to watch the last couple on the bus rides home. But, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, we'll see what happens this week with the uh, 49ers. Yeah, it's it's certainly from a midwestern standpoint, and grew up a Vikings fan. I I've kind of jumped on the bandwagon because I you got to root for. I mean, how can you not root for the Lions at this point? Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty tough not to root for a team like that right now. <laughs> Very cool. Um, you know, you guys have the opportunity this weekend uh, to open a hockey arena. How, have you ever been the first team to play in a hockey a game in a hockey rink before in your career? I don't think I was kind of thinking about that the other day. I don't think there's ever been a chance where you know it's been kind of that opening weekend or first time ever in that arena um i did see they sold out so it should be pretty exciting uh cool environment to play in and i know we're all looking forward to it yeah i'm gonna be there and uh yeah it's it you know you guys making the long trip i know you said you told me you're, you guys are flying out and, and busing back uh there are some decently long road trips in this in this league uh you know is it is it a mental thing to get over? Obviously, flying helps to get out there, but uh, you know, as far as coming back and getting back into the flow of practice and school and that kind of thing, like what what do you guys try to do to to kind of pass the time sometimes? Yeah, I mean, on the bus, I mean, it's mostly mostly just talking with the guys, hanging out, a lot of a lot of playing cards, um, movies here and there. But I mean, you can't really do too much when you're on the bus like that. But cards is definitely a big thing for us. Uh, you know, what, what are some of your favorite rinks talking about rinks, I guess now is what are some of your favorite places to play in the league? Uh, obviously you know, your home rink is, is, is always fun to be at home because of all the amenities and things like that. But what, what, what are some of your places, favorite places that you've played in college hockey or, or anywhere in hockey? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's probably Bowling Green. Um, they have a really good, uh, student section there. The rink's always loud, uh, pretty good rivals with us too. We've had some good series over the years, so that's probably one of my favorite places to play. Very cool. And, uh, you know, for this group, I know, you know, with the playoffs, you know, we're about a month out or so, you know, a little more than that. But uh, what uh, a month and a half, I guess, what are, what are some of the things you guys are trying to get done on, on the practice ice and, and, and in games to kind of I know this is a non-conference weekend with Augustana, right, to maybe yeah. work on some things and, and try to improve yourself before going back to the rest of the league? Yeah, I mean, we're just trying to you know, figure out how to roll out that same game plan we did uh, against Lake State. I mean, obviously you saw how we can play against teams in our league like that. And when we play like that, we think we have a shot with anybody in our league. Uh, one of your teammates, uh, actually, you know, last couple of years, both of your goaltenders that you've, you've seen a lot of Logan Stein and, and, and Noah Giesbrecht, uh, what what kind of confidence do they bring to you guys on a nightly basis as far as, you know, you've, you've gone into some tough buildings last year. I think you went in and swept Minnesota State. Uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to help you out in a big, in a big way, seemingly night in, night out. Yeah. I mean, those guys are obviously huge for us. Um, they make those saves that you just out of this world. I mean, Logan was on 
Sports Center last week for one of his saves against Mankato, something like that. But mm-hmm. having those guys back there just gives us the confidence, you know, to move up and move up in the play and everything like that. I mean, those guys are obviously huge for us. Was was playing at Ferris State, uh, you know, being from Michigan, as, we, as I said, you know, is that was that was that a big thing for you for your your family to be able to watch you consistently? Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, we're I'm only about two and a half hours away from here, so obviously uh, my family has the opportunity to come up a lot and see them. My dad actually went to Ferris here, so it's pretty cool that I got to go to his school and end up playing hockey here. Very cool, very cool. Uh, what do you, do you guys uh, catch any of the games? Other other athletic events going on through the year? I know it's probably tough because a lot of games are on the weekend when you guys are playing or traveling. But is there anything you try to make an effort to get to to support your fellow uh, Ferris State uh, athletes? Yeah, I mean, when I mean when soccer's uh, kind of in season, we'll go to those games. They're outside. It's nice to be outside. Um, haven't been to too many basketball games this year. Um, usually they're during the week, so we'll try to catch maybe one or two of those. But other than that, it's pretty tough to you know go to those games when we're traveling a lot. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of time management, I'm sure, uh, going on. Is that something that you've kind of improved on from your first year here to kind of figuring out when you have time to do certain things? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously just a learning curve when you go to school. Like, you got to learn how to juggle uh, schoolwork, practice, everything like that, and then throw on throw on the travel on top of everything makes it a little bit harder. But it's definitely something you get used to. You know, you've had some – you guys have had some success this year. Uh, you know, Luigi Benincasa has been one of your standout freshmen. I know, you know, Connor uh, McGrath last year was a star freshman for you guys. Uh, is there any kind of wisdom you passed on to them, or is it is it fun kind of teaching – the younger guys, stuff you learned from the guys that came before you? Yeah, I mean, I've been playing with Luigi a lot this year. Um, great line mate, great kid. Um, he's got a lot of skill. Obviously, he's having some good success this year. But I don't know. I think just experience, uh, showing them, like, the leadership out there and, you know, having the experience of playing in this league for a while um, can definitely help them. You guys had a big series win in the in the playoffs last year. You talked about Bowling Green. You guys were able to come up with, I think, with two overtime wins there. Uh you know, is, is that something you, no matter where you finish, I guess, in the league, it's something you try to harness and, and make, maybe you can harp back to that, you know, especially how tight this league's been top to bottom this year, that any any team can make a run and win the, the, the Mason Cup. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, last year, just going into BG like that, I mean, it just took everybody. It took the whole lineup uh, up and down, and obviously both games went to overtime. So it was pretty cool to win them both in overtime, especially being in their building. But, uh, yeah, it takes the whole team. I mean, the league right now is is kind of up for grabs the way we see it. So, uh, Playing for Coach Daniels has been around, you know, forever. What What is that, you know, when you came into school, like, what, what were your thoughts on him and how has that changed? And how do you feel about him as, you know, he's, he's really a legend of college hockey and, and getting a chance to, to, to play for such a great coach? Yeah, I mean, obviously coming in here, that was a big reason why um, he's been around for so long. I mean, the knowledge that he has – uh, with the game, is just something that, I mean, you might not get with a lot of coaches, obviously, with him being around for so long. But, yeah, I mean, great coach. Um, I feel like we have a really good relationship together. We built through our last four years here. But, uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things about him. What are some of the things that you guys do, uh, you know, when you're, when you're around, uh, you know, as far as team bonding stuff, even throughout the year? I know you try to get some stuff done at the beginning of the year, whether it's the fall, you're trying to get to, new, get to know the new players. But, what are some of the stuff that you guys do as as a team that uh, that could create that that helps create that bond throughout the season? Yeah, I mean, we at the beginning of the year, uh, it's a little easier when we're not in school, so we got a little more free time to do some stuff. But uh, we went to a baseball game and GR. Um, that was pretty fun. It was 
team bonding experience there. Um, yeah. You know, just being around with the guys on the weekends, just doing all that little stuff really helps. What are some hobbies that, that you have, whether, you know, do you play any music? Do you, is there anything that you do off the ice that maybe fans of of the Bulldogs or yourself wouldn't know about? I don't know. Nothing, nothing too crazy. I mean, we've been playing a lot of pickleball. I mean, oh. that's kind of, that's kind of gotten um, pretty popular here with the team. So we try to get a couple games in here and there around the week. Were you a big, like, uh, like ping pong player or, or tennis or anything or do you have any paddle skills previously or is it just like a new thing you're kind of jumping into yeah i mean just growing up like obviously ping pong stuff like that but yeah. uh no pickleball is just something that we we have the rec center pretty close to us where we live so we just go out there and it's good get a good little sweat in after uh, practice and stuff like that anybody else outside the team challenge you guys to to a game at all or is it mostly in in, in, in team stuff? yeah we yeah we played in the uh the rec league last year to finish okay. out uh so we were playing all different the tennis guys are in that league too so they're pretty competitive with us but yeah it's a lot of fun getting out there playing with kids from the school all right back on the ccaj show love to hear from our uh, student athletes in the in the league like antonio and uh uh you know they're they're making the trip that i'll be making at least part of uh this weekend i'm heading out to Augustana as they open Midco Arena on Friday. That's sold out barn already. Uh, they announced that earlier this week, Jack. And uh, you know it's, it's it's an exciting time for the league. Exciting time for Augustana after playing uh, in a, a kind of a temporary home there at the Sanford Premier Center. They get to open up Midco in front of a sold out barn, which you, you know you can never assume. It's great they're doing it. It's awesome. You know, close to campus, on campus uh, for for the students and for the the fans have worked so hard and the, and the folks have worked hard to put this whole thing together. Finally, to see it come fruition. Uh, what do you think about this one, Jack? I know Ferris State's hitting out there uh, for the, the weekend. And I, I talked to Antonio, but people heard him talk about how excited it is to kind of be a part of this as well. Yeah. I talked to, I actually talked to uh, Garrett Raboyne yesterday. And I also got to talk to Arnova Sean. I think I pronounced his name right. That sounds right. Yep. Um, but he's the senior fifth-year captain transfer from Colgate. Mm -hmm. uh, I know he was pretty excited about it too. He told me that they were getting dressed in a in a trailer the past couple months. <laughs> yeah, outside uh, the Shields Iceplex, which is across town, and then I think that's just a practice rink, mm -hmm. a community rink, and then they'll bust their stuff over to the Denny Sanford Center, a Premier Center. So it's not really an ideal. He said they had like two trailers and the forwards and D and goalies were all kind of separated. So they necessarily have like a team, uh, like a really team bonding area for them in their practice space. I think probably maybe it was a little bit different in the actual Sanford Center. But, you know, I think just having a, a new rank to call their own like to call home I, I think he said that specifically like it's great to, it's a great feeling to have a good place you can all hang out and have a place you can call home um i think that's something that every player wants and it obviously makes it easier when you don't have to cart all your stuff in between a bunch of different rinks uh it's on campus so you don't have to bus across town i know i mean st thomas i'm sure is having that yeah we got issue right now too and they'll have their rink soon but um i think it's just a nice thing to have for especially a first year program i feel like it's not necessarily often that a team starts its first year and has its rink ready to go maybe they have that at penn state right away but 
sometimes it takes a little more time and energy and funding to get that off the ground. Um, but it seems like Augustana really did it right with how they went about. They announced their program the day that they broke the ground on on the arena. Uh, I think they hired Coach Raboyan shortly afterwards. Yep. Um, and he he was saying that, uh, I mean, he was involved with it up to a point. He didn't necessarily, uh, I didn't put this in the article, but he was saying that he, he, he he's signing on most of the meetings, but he would usually leave when they would talk about the colors of the door handles and floor lights <laughs> and all that stuff. Which yeah, I'm not concerned with that. Uh, makes sense, but like that's just the sort of thing that you don't really think about when you think about arena building. Like all that stuff is, every detail is there. Um, oh, yeah. He said that there were some details there, like they have uh, a lot of Norwegian and Scandinavian influence, just like the Scandinavian modernism and all that sort of thing um, to make it really like into like their rink. Like you'll know that it's Augustana, the Scandinavian Lutheran tradition will be there. Um, so it's, it sounds like it's a pretty exciting thing. Um, but even even uh for the players but even then i know when i asked uh arno about it he was like yeah it's nice and it was one of the reasons it was one of like he knew that there was going to be a new rank on the horizon when he signed up to come to augustana from colgate but it wasn't the reason i think he wanted to be uh involved in building something more tangible not necessarily just the building he wants to be like some somebody that can help build the program and when I asked him about the arena, he's like, yeah, it's nice big weekend this weekend, but we're also playing really well. So we just want to make sure that we sweep. Uh, it's not necessarily about the arena, which I thought was a good mindset to have just uh, keeping things on focused on the game as well as the big moments uh, I think is important. Absolutely. And I, and I remember reading about the, the goal horn they purchased having some uh, Scandinavian roots as well. Uh, so excited to hear that. Uh, this weekend yeah and you know balls. as for ferris i'm guessing that they're gonna be excited up to play these games too just oh for sure you go into a situation like that i think you want to like we talked about earlier you want to be the one that's playing spoiler and sort of quiet that crowd i think it's probably pretty exciting when everyone's going crazy and you score the goal first goal to make it quiet in there i think that's probably something players like so I think those games should be pretty entertaining, especially considering how Ferris played last week. They're both sort of on a on a roll. Yeah, Benuto mentioned it as well, but you know, your favorite rinks to play in a lot of times on the road are the ones that are the loudest. You mentioned Bowling Green and playing at the slate. It's one of Ferris' favorite places to play because of the because of the student section getting on you and because of the you know the metal ceiling that makes it loud and people talk about tech being a fun place to go to because of their fans. And it's not it's not always, you know, your home rink that you know, filling that up is great, but a lot of times you enjoy going on the road and seeing just like the enthusiasm for the game, which will sure, surely be on display uh, on Friday and Saturday this weekend uh, for Augustana and Ferris State. Another league series going on is uh, Northern heading down to uh, Minnesota State Mankato. Uh, they play the two games uh, there. It's a big series again for both. Uh, Minnesota State with St. Thomas and uh, Bemidji off, looking to kind of gain ground. They can move their way up the standings. Uh, and you know, Northern trying to climb back into contention for a top four spot. Uh, what do you see from these two clubs right now? Yeah, I didn't realize really that this was the first time they played this year. So it's the first time that they played since the last time uh, 
since that since the semi since the final yeah yeah finals so that's uh probably going to be something that um uh grant petulney is and the rest of the wildcats are thinking about the back of their mind just they thought they should win that game and i think most people thought they were going to win yeah uh last time they were in mankato and they weren't able to get it done so uh this weekend i think they're they will probably have a, a specific goal in mind which is to make sure that they can at least get some points from these games um uh i mean we talked already a little bit about mankato and how they're just been sort of steady sam morton and the goalie tandem that they have uh northern i was trying to look and see uh they've been playing okay recently yeah it, other than like, the sweep of Lake State, right? They've been playing pretty good. They've been getting points from pretty much every series uh, from since probably November. So they're just kind of need to be a little more consistent, you, you think? So I would say that this will be a pretty good series because of the factor, the, the CCHA title game factor, <laughs> I think, will maybe give this a little bit more of an edge than you might expect. And then the last series of the uh, weekend is Michigan tech heading to Lake superior state, you know, two teams right in the middle right now, as far as points we talked about techs uh, games in hand, they're sitting two points behind the Lakers 25 for Lake state 23 right now for tech. Uh, you know, an interesting road series going across uh, the UP or the Huskies and, you know, trying to keep pace, as we mentioned, if they can pick up a sweep, you know, they're sitting, uh, you know, one point out of first, which is exactly where they kind of want to be with the same number of games played with St. Thomas. But Lakers have been uh, one of the hotter teams, one of the, you know, one of the better stories, I think, as far as a team that was picked last in both polls, uh, fighting for a home ice spot at the very least. Yeah, um, I think that Lake State has been a little, I don't even want to say disrespected, but people kind of forgot. I think maybe the last the last year was maybe a little bit of an, an anomaly. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, a couple. Of, I mean, the COVID year they were in the NCAA tournament. They've had some really good teams, good players. Uh, they're pretty good. Uh, they've been a uh, Demon, sorry, Demon has been really good at assembling a good team. And I think uh, this year he's sort of shown that uh, they're one of the contenders again and it wasn't i think i think it's more of an anomaly for them to be near the bottom than them to be near the top um in my opinion and obviously tech i think we already talked about them a little bit but watching those games against the beavers i think they were they were in control of most of those probably four out of the six periods last weekend um got four points which not bad considering they were down in both games, like we said. Right. Uh, so I think, I mean, I think this should be a good series too, but I like the way that Tech is playing. So I'm guessing that they'll have a pretty good, uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to pick. I guess I don't, we're not, you're not asking me to pick, but I just don't know. Playing right now. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I can see them getting another four or five points um, this weekend, and that would be probably another successful weekend for them. Um, if they got a split, I think maybe that wouldn't be 
as successful for them. I think the split. I think I think the split is a great weekend for Lake State. I guess uh, is what I would say, just to sort of keep pace a little bit more. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, those are the three series this weekend. As I mentioned, I'll be checking out uh, Midco, uh, and uh, we'll be still having the coverage of the league going on across the board here. We, if we what, what were you writing about for USCHO this week, Jack? Well, yeah, I wrote about Augustana this week. Yep, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so you can find that. I think that posted this morning or yesterday morning. Yep, Thursday. It's been up for a while, so <laughs> uh, check that out. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. I'm gonna write about next week, but anybody has any story ideas, get at me if they would. Yeah. If you'd like uh, something to be covered, want want to uh, have a cool feature, I'm always open to ideas from people that yeah. have good stories that they want to know about. Yeah, hit Jack up if you have something interesting about the about the league, about college hockey. I'm sure he'll be excited to cover that uh, for us here. Uh, before we go, we'd like to. You know, thank Jack for coming on again. And Jack, uh, you know, anything else to plug? Uh, you know, anything you're looking forward to this this spring? I know it's going to be kind of warm here, kind of uh, uncharacteristically. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, having the frozen four here, I think, will be pretty exciting. Uh, for sure. Last one was a pretty good one with Duluth winning. Uh, I'll, I mean, all of those games were really good. Uh, it'd be nice to have a CCHA team in there, if possible, but. <clears throat> Uh, I know that's coming up this spring, so uh, that's mostly how I track what's going on is what is happening in college hockey. <laughs> Absolutely. We got, uh, you know, the McNaughton Cup very much up for grabs, not even close to being decided. And then, of course, the Mason Cup playoffs uh, promise to be as uh, competitive as ever. So we're looking forward to the postseason. I'm sure a lot of fans are, and uh, we're excited to see what, what happens here. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CCHA Show. For stories, scores, stats, and more, visit CCHA.com.